0: This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to the preview podcast on the Blood Red channel. My name's Paul Wheelock and on this show we will be looking ahead to what is set up to be another famous European night at Anfield. Liverpool climbed to the top of the Premier League at the weekend after they swept aside Bournemouth to continue their unbeaten record-breaking start. But tonight, the Reds' focus switches to the Champions League and their must-win final Group C game at home to Napoli. Jurgen Klopp's team will guarantee their place in the knockout stages by winning 1-0 or by two clear goals. And given the club's glorious history in this competition, you would not bet against them. But as the main guest of this podcast makes clear, Napoli are not going to be a pushover. They need just a point to qualify, and their 1-0 win over Liverpool in Naples in October kick-started a 12-match unbeaten run in all competitions. So to get the inside track on Carlo Ancelotti's side, and the state of play in Serie A, I spoke to Italian football writer Chloe Beresford. Our conversation gets this podcast underway, and then you will hear from our Liverpool FC correspondent James Pearce, who gives us the reaction from last night's press conferences involving Klopp and Ancelotti. Enjoy, and we'll be back after the match with our post-game podcast.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: Well, hi, Clobby. Thank you very much for joining me on this podcast to give us the lowdown on Napoli ahead of the Champions League shootout at Anfield on Tuesday night and talk a little bit about Serie A as well. Are uh, you keeping well? Yeah, all
0: right, fine.
1: Yeah, great to have you on. Uh, Liverpool Hi. themselves could not be in a better place going into this match on Tuesday. They won 4-0 at Bournemouth on Saturday in the time to go top of the Premier League. And uh, of course, they stayed there after Napoli's former manager, Maurizio Sarri, did them a favour uh, with Chelsea beating Manchester City. But how are Napoli shaping up going into this game? Yeah, they're
0: doing well. They, um, they won 4-0 against Fosinoni at the weekend. Um, admittedly, Fosinoni are um, struggling. They came up from Serie B last year. Um, but they're, they're pretty steady under Ancelotti. Um, it's been quite um, a different season for them because under Maurizio Sarri, he had that very um, set passing style and he um, didn't rotate the players very much. Um, but now Ancelotti's come in, he really likes rotation um, and hes I think he's trying to sort of slow and steady wins the race rather than Sarri came out of the block firing yeah. In each of these last three seasons, and then you know faded away at the end. So yeah, I think I think they're they're doing pretty well.
1: Did it take a bit of readjustment because Sari was so popular, wasn't he? And you can't argue with Ancelotti's managerial record or his playing record. But is it is it taking time for the Napoli fans to to, to get used to Ancelotti's different ways?
0: No, I think I think they respect his pedigree. Um, obviously, Sari was a lot more unproven, even though he became a hero in Naples. Um, But, yeah, I think perhaps the players, more than anything, because they were in that very strict system under Maurizio Sarri. He used even drone technology to make (laughs) sure they were in the right formation. Uh, And then, obviously, Antwoord's come in and he's more relaxed and he's got the experience. So, uh, they were a little bit shaky defensively at the beginning of the season because they were obviously transitioning between the two styles, but I think they've settled down now, to be honest.
1: Yeah, we've seen that in the league, which we'll come to in a moment, but certainly the Champions League, they top the group, and a point we'll see them through to the knockout stages, whereas Liverpool, we know, need to go for it. I think it's a 1-0 win, or by two clear goals, we'll see them through. So, what kind of position are Napoli in? How do you think they'll approach this game?
0: Um, I think they'll probably be um, cautious, but I think when we saw when Inter took on Tottenham last week or the week before, um, Inter came into that game playing for a draw, and they got burned at the end because Tottenham won one 0 And I think Antorch is too smart for that. I think Napoli they do like to attack. They've got some really good um, players going forward, and I don't. I think they'll be cautious, but not too cautious. Um, if that makes sense, you know. I think I think they will um, try and go for it on the break, probably.
1: Yeah, you mentioned the defence there at the start of the season. They were having a few issues, which they seem to have cured now. But obviously, on Tuesday night, they'll be coming up against a Liverpool side with an incredible front three, and they've obviously got the backing of the Anfield crowd. Do you think the defence will be able to cope with what's probably going to be thrown at them? Um, I think it'll be difficult.
0: Obviously, we know um, Liverpool are a very good attacking side, and I think um, you know in the first game we expect loads of goals and in the end Napoli just won 1-0 at the end. Um, But yeah, I think we could see an open game. Um, Napoli's defence are now, you know, adjusted and they've got Khalidou Koulibaly who's been linked to uh, the Premier League a lot. Um, So there are no mugs at the back and Liverpool find it difficult but I'm expecting goals this time to
1: be honest. Well, that was sounds sounds uh, wetting the appetite for it already. You, you mentioned Koulibaly then you spot on. You know he's been linked with the Premier League for a number of years now, and I think at the weekend there was reports uh, suggesting it might take ninety million for Manchester United to buy him. Is he that good? Is he you know is he up there with with the top centre backs in the world? Um yeah, I would
0: say so. Um, he's he's got he's got everything needed for the modern centre back. Um, he's worked very hard on his positioning and. He learned a lot from Sarri, obviously, with that pre- precise style of play. Um, and Ancelotti himself compared him to the best defenders he's worked with. And obviously he's worked with um, the likes of Nesta and Maldini at Milan. He's been at Real Madrid. You know, he, he's worked with the best in the world and he, he put Koulibaly in that bracket. So, yeah, you know, that to me, that's, that's all the endorsement you need from a man like Ancelotti
1: have they sorted the, the goalkeeping position out I know, earlier in the season even before the uh, the game in Naples they seemed to be rotating the keepers at that, at that stage of the season
0: yeah that was because um, they brought in um, Alex Merritt to be the number one, he's quite a young goalkeeper um, and unfortunately he got injured in pre-season so I think he was rotating through his backup options but actually now um, Merritt is he's back He's he's ready to play so um will
1: see if Ancelotti picks him on Tuesday. One player, I imagine, will be in contention to start is uh, the midfielder Zielinski, who's, who's been linked with Liverpool quite extensively in the past. I don't know whether anything's going to happen that uh, in the future. Now, given people like Fabinho and Cater have coming in the summer, but is he still very much an important player for Napoli? Yeah, I think again he was
0: um, used by Sarri quite a lot as a sub um, because he liked his, his regular eleven. Um, but with increased rotation from Ancelotti, he's come into a side more. You know, he's, he's a very talented midfielder. He's good, he can score goals. Um, and I definitely think if he did make that move to the Premier League, he would do really
1: well. Yeah, the, the, the strikers, the attack, you said it yourself. They're the, probably the Napoli's potent weapon. Who are the players in particular who uh, Liverpool are going to have to be careful of that defence on, on Tuesday night?
0: Um, there's a number of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> Reid Mertens, um, uh, fans might have seen him play for Belgium at the World Cup. <clears throat> he's, he's small in height, um, but since Sari converted him from a winger to a centre forward, he's, he's scored goals for fun um, and, and he's a very skillful and dangerous player. Um, as is Lorenzo Insigne, another small player um, who has been moved from the wing more to and sort of a number 10 role this year. Um, and he, as, as in the first leg like you saw when he got that last minute goal he's, he's always capable of scoring um, and then to add some height in they've also got um, Arkadiusz Milik who's a Poland international, he's spent the last two years um, out injured with um, ACL injuries but he's back now um, he's coming on as a sub and Super sub-scoring goals, left right in centre. So, you know, there's another option for the Liverpool defence to deal with um, height-wise there because you've got the small Mertens and then Milik, who is tall. So, yeah, they they are really dangerous. Um, Liverpool have to be on the guard.
1: Malik was on the score sheet, wasn't he, at the weekend in uh, that win over Frozzanoni. Uh, Strengthened strength the grip on second and Serie a, and I think it's 35 points out of a possible 45. Uh, I think in most leagues in Europe, that would be enough to see you top, but I suppose most leagues in Europe don't have Juventus in it. It's, it's, <laughs> is that really the, the long and short of it? It is, really. Um, last year, Napoli obviously came second, um, but in, in any other season in the
0: past, that, that point total that they got would would have been enough to win the league. Um obviously Juventus have won uh, the last seven titles in Italy and now they've got Ronaldo as well. So um they've they've dropped points on just one occasion. They've won fourteen out of fifteen matches. So um they're running away with the lead, but you know, that that's no reflection on Napoli who've only lost twice. It's it's just that Juventus
1: are too good because they're, they're trying to win the Champions League, and that and that's made them really overpowered in the league. I know Ronaldo signing for Juventus, and it was probably a great boost for Serie A as well because he's probably one of the greatest players of all time. Certainly, in one of the best two players in the world at, at present time and has been for a number of years. But is it bad for the, the competitive, competitiveness? I should say of the division that Juventus are only getting stronger.
0: Yeah, I think it's um, a shame really because last. Season we had a really close run in the title race, and it and it attracts people to watch Serie. A. You know the neutral supporters like it, whereas if you feel one team um, is running away with it, it, you know it might put people off. But um, I have to say that Juventus have um, strengthened in all areas, on and off the pitch. And you know they're own their own stadium, which a lot of the Serie a sides don't. Um, They've they're modernised and become a, a brand, as they like to call it. And the other Serie A sides need to catch up, you know, especially the two Milan sides. Um, you know, as much as it's it's a shame that Juve are running away with it, the responsibility is with the other teams to try and um, follow their model really, so that we get a more exciting
1: league. Of course, I'm probably one of a, a number of people hopefully probably listening to this our chat and this podcast who, who grew up with Serie A and, and who fell in love with the league in the 90s when it was on Channel 4 uh, just to pick up on a point you made there is it almost kind of it just needs to be modernised a little bit the league now because the standard looks good whenever I still watch it it still is a really good standard but is it just trying to catch up with maybe the the La Liga and Premier League what's happening in recent years and because in the 90s Serie A was the league wasn't it? Yeah
0: exactly. I mean, you know, there's so many people of Serie A in the '90s. There's so many top players, Um, and you know, as as a person who watches Serie A every week, it it is still really exciting. Uh, If you ignore the fact that Juventus are walking away with the league, if you look a little bit lower, there's all the colour and the atmosphere and um, the decent players, exciting games. You know, the, the old stereotype that Italian football is defensive and boring is completely wrong. It was seen, this weekend alone we've seen red cards last minute goals, all sorts of things so yeah um, the excitement is there but I think um, some of the bigger teams that draw in the fans like the Milan clubs um, and Roma, they need to push on a little bit just so that um, from the outside looking in that people can see that all the teams are competitive you see what I mean? It's, Definitely. It's, it's an infrastructure thing I think really
1: yeah, well, Napoli. To be fair, they can't have done much more this season. I say, as we were saying earlier, last two or three seasons, they're a proper team. Napoli, aren't they? We sh- should we not be surprised at the top in this group, even with Liverpool and Paris Saint Germain in it. Yeah, no. Um, I think Ancelotti, having
0: taken forward the, the work that Sarri has done, um, you know, they they do they like to play football, and they've got great players. You know, they, like you say, they're a proper team, and um, I, you know. I, Sorry for Liverpool fans, but I do hope to see them go through because I think under Antorotti, having he's won the Champions League three times and I think um, you know he he could do something really special with them
1: this year. Before I get your predictions for Tuesday night, just a, a word about one big star who left Serie A in the summer, Alisson Becker, uh, from Roma to Liverpool and he's certainly justifying that massive fee that was paid for him. Have you surprised just how well he's taken to the Premier League and how good he's been?
0: Um, in a word, no.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I think, you know, last season, he, he was just that good. Um, I mean, it was a bit of a surprise when he came into the team. Um, the year before, Roma had Chesney in goal and they let him go to Juve. And I think that was a testament just to how good they knew Allison was going to be. Um, and he he was just, you know, um, I'm sure those football fans are surprised to hear that he was just brilliant last um, and I think it was a shame to see him leave Serie a, to be honest because um you know, there's good goalkeepers
1: across the league but I would have to say that he was the best last year. Well, we'll see how busy he is on Tuesday night. You've already said you expected goals compared to the first game when it was just decided by that late one by Insignia. How do you think the outcome of the game will go?
0: Um, it's it's a hard one to call, um but if I had to if I had to predict I would go for a two two
1: which would do Napoli, wouldn't it? That that, that would do them fine. It would, it would. Chloe, thank you very much for joining me on this podcast. Really appreciated your insight into Napoli and Serie A, the state of play over there in Italy. Enjoy the game tomorrow night and love to catch up with you later in the season. Thanks
0: very much. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
2: Well, Jurgen Klopp has challenged his Liverpool side to produce something special here at Anfield on Tuesday nights. It's an all-or-nothing Champions League group decider against Napoli from Serie A. Just heard from both managers, Klopp, talking about how, for him, this game gives Liverpool the chance to put right the wrongs, he said, from uh, what's been a pretty turbulent group stage for the Reds. Of course, they've won both games here at Anfield against Red Star and PSG, but on their travels, uh, it's been uh, one disappointment after another. Three straight defeats, first time that's ever happened to Liverpool in a group stage. Failed to score a goal from open play in those three matches. But um, a combination of those two wins at home and the fact that other results have uh, have helped them out a bit, it means that their fate is still in their own hands. Uh, Klopp said, you know, we still have a chance and it's down to us to take it. Um, full of respect for Napoli, I think Klopp knows that... Uh, this is far from straightforward for Liverpool. Um, Carlo Ancelotti's side have already drawn in Paris and in Belgrade. They were beaten in 12 games. They're the nearest challengers to Juventus uh, in the Italian league. Um, but we know what this place is like on European nights and Klopp. Certainly doing his best to uh, to stir the fans into action. You know, as has uh, as called on the 12th man to really get behind Liverpool here on Tuesday night. He knows from those great nights we've had since Klopp uh, has been here the difference that support can make you think back to Dortmund and Manchester United and Villarreal and that run to the Europa League final and uh, you know last season with the run to Kiev with those amazing nights here against Manchester City and Roma so um, it's all set up for an unbelievable night, of course 1-0 will do Liverpool uh, but if Napoli score, Liverpool will need to win by two clear goals so uh, it's a strange dynamic going into it, it be really interesting to see what Klopp goes with team-wise uh, whether he is bold, whether he does find room for the front three plus Shaqiri um, or whether he decides because 1-0 would be enough and he doesn't need to go chase in the game too much early on whether he just play, goes a bit more pragmatic goes back to 4-3-3 um, I, think, I, you know, I think he may well go with the latter um, You know, I'd like to see cater uh, rewarded with a start after his performances uh, of late and then I think you know probably you'd imagine he'll find room for Wijnaldum and then it's a toss up between whether he uh, sticks with Fabino um, or brings back Jordan Henderson who of course was rested at the weekend great news that Sadio Mane came through that uh, that run out he got off the bench at Bournemouth I'm sure he'll come back into the front line similarly Trent Alexander-Arnold was rested down at Bournemouth he'll I'm sure start to right back and Dan Lovren um, who has missed the last three matches um, due to concussion he trained at Melwood today um, so a big decision for Klopp there does he bring back Lovren um, I think he probably will but it would be harsh on Joel Matip who um, did really well down at Bournemouth and you know, has got a couple of uh, decent games under his belt of late um, Ancelotti for his part he uh, was talking up the Anfield atmosphere said it's the best in world football as far as he's concerned but um, was adamant that his players wouldn't be intimidated by the surroundings. In fact, it would inspire them, said that all of his players are desperate to be involved in this one. Ancelotti, also adamant that uh, Napoli won't sit back. They won't just look to contain Liverpool, that they will um, look to attack them as well. Of course, Napoli in the enviable position of knowing a point is enough for them to go through. But for Liverpool, it's, uh, it's win or bust. They have to have to win this game, and if Napoli score, then they'll need to do it by two clear goals. So the stage is set for one of those uh, iconic European nights here at Anfield on Tuesday night. And uh, you know Liverpool have made hard work of Group C in the Champions League. They've uh, they've caused problems problems for themselves along the way, but they've got one last shot to secure that place in the last 16. And uh, if Liverpool play, as well as Klopp spoke here at Anfield today, then they should get the job done.
0: You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.